Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina who was accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. Before we start this episode, a quick word about another Crime Story Media production. October 2014. Was David Martinez responsible for killing Pomona SWAT officer Sean Diamond? That's at the heart of Night Raid, a new podcast from Crime Story Media. Subscribe or follow wherever you get this podcast. On our last episode, we continued our examination of the testimony of Colleton County Police Sergeant Daniel Green as he reviewed his own body camera video recorded at the crime scene on the night of the murders. On this installment, we conclude our look at Sergeant Green's testimony. That's coming up right after the break. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It is January 26th, 2023, the second day of the Alex Murdoch murder trial. At the end of our last episode, defense attorney Dick Harpudlian began his cross-examination of Colleton County Police Sergeant Daniel Green about footage from the body camera that he wore as he worked the scene of the murders of Maggie and Paul Murdoch. As we ended our previous installment, Sergeant Green was describing the firearm and shotgun shells that were discovered at the crime scene. As we begin today, Harpudlian directs Sergeant Green's attention to the testimony he gave on direct examination that the investigative team at the crime scene discussed a murder-suicide theory for how Maggie and Paul Murdoch were killed. There's discussions on this or maybe others, that there was a theory that Paul had shot his mother and then shot himself. Is that correct? That's out on the scene. Yes. uh, She had been shot multiple times, and he had been shot with a shotgun. At least one of the shots, we all believe, was upward. That's why his brains were all over the ceiling. That part, I don't know. I wasn't involved in that part of it. I did not discuss anything being shot upward. I don't recall saying that. Did you hear discussions? To that of your fellow officers? Of a shot being fired upward? Yeah. That's what it looked like they were saying, yes. Okay. And further, um, I think y'all, in front of you, one of the officers saying that brains are on the ceiling, there's blood all over the place, correct? I don't recall them saying brain was upward. I, I don't recall. Okay. And um, further, as you're discussing this with them, you indicate there are multiple, or someone indicates to you there are multiple blackout rounds around Maggie's body and in the vicinity, correct? Not rounds, but shell casings. All right, shell casings. Now, let me ask you this. When you got there, didn't the uh, fire chief and the fire department arrive before you did? No, sir. I was first on scene. Okay. Did they arrive while you were there? 
the one of the fire rescue workers, I believe it was Barry McCoy. And when you when you got there, we hear unidentified person, and and in your notes you indicate it was the fire chief, I believe, that indicated to you tire tracks, and you went over and looked at those tire tracks, and there were multiple tire tracks coming and going. Correct. I don't know that someone indicated them to me. I believe I just saw them. And um, what did you do to preserve those? The tire tracks. Nothing. Um, and you certainly are not an expert in tire tracks. I'm not. So you couldn't tell whether it was multiple vehicles or one vehicle? No. And it may have been multiple vehicles? May have been. Did you take pictures of the track? I did not take any pictures of the scene. Did you instruct anyone to take pictures of the track? No, sir, that's not my job. When the sled arrived, did you tell them about the track? No, sir, not my job. you regret not doing that? It's not part of my job description. So what your job to even tell them there were multiple track drivers? If it had come up, if I had been asked, yes. And in addition to that, since they were not secured in any way, multiple vehicles, law enforcement vehicles and others, drove over those tracks. That's possible. I wasn't over there the whole time to know what kind of vehicles were driving the area. You never took sled over and pointed out tire tracks? Not to my recollection, I did not. Was there somebody there at this, in, with your department that should have done that? I have no idea what they do with their job descriptions as far as what they point out to additional investigators. Did somebody from Fire and Rescue point out footprints? I believe on my body camera there is a fire rescue individual pointing out some footprints. Okay. Did you take pictures of those? I did not. Did you tell Sled about them? I did not. So nobody attempted to determine whether those were Maggie's footprints, Paul's footprints, or at least that night there was no effort by you or your department to preserve those? By me, no. I cannot speak for everyone else. Okay. Let me ask you this. How about go to um, 4439, please? Okay, you can go to page 17, line 10. Your Honor, I object. Prosecutor Creighton Waters rises, objecting to Harpoolian seeking to supplement the body cam video with a transcription of what the individuals in the video are saying. Judge Clifton Newman asks Harpoolian the foundation for introducing the transcript, and Harpoolian decides against trying to justify its introduction. Instead, he asks Sergeant Green about statements that can be heard in the video. On this tape. Fire rescue person says to you, I believe, agreed with me. Set of prints behind the trailer. Um, you were told that Jack is publishing again this I'm not script. publishing, I'm asking. Did you I object. I haven't heard a question yet. I'd like to make one. Were you told by fire and rescue there's a set of prints behind the trailer? Yes. Okay. And did he tell you that they attempted to not disturb those footprints in any way? I don't recall exactly what was said. Let me further ask you, you asked Mr. Murdoch, we heard this on the tape, talked about the tire tracks coming and going, and he told you those weren't his tire tracks, correct? He did say that they were not. Okay. Further, he indicated to you, Mr. Murdoch did, that he felt this was related to the boat case, and you indicated you knew about the boat case, you read about the boat Paul had been charged with three counts of felony DUI, killing a young girl and wounding two others, correct? I don't, I don't know much details about that case. I really don't. Okay. But Mr. Murdoch indicated to you that the threats made against Paul, he did, and um, that he even got in a fight once about it. I believe he said punched. Punched, okay. Um, and so it's, on the scene, he believed that Paul's death was connected to someone angry about the vote case. that, Your Honor, as to what he believed, asking the witness what another person believed. Thank you. On the scene, 
Mr. Murdaugh indicated to you he thought the death of his son was related to his son's involvement in the death of Young Lee and the injury of two others in the boat case, correct? It appeared that that's what he was getting at, yes. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Defense attorney Dick Harpoolian next moves on to ask Sergeant Green about another area of his responsibilities on the night of the double homicide. Now, let's talk a little bit about the preservation of the crime scene. What did you do other than put yellow tape up to preserve the crime scene? That is about the extent of my job is to put up the tape and make sure people that don't need to cross it don't cross it. Um, and I that, um, there were officers walking around putting little pieces of tape near shell casings. There was one officer doing that, yes. And in the process of doing that, I didn't see any lights other than maybe a flashlight. At that point, there was no light, no additional lighting that had been put up. No. But you and your officers were walking through that entire area, is that correct? We were walking in the area, yes. Photographs, I'm going to use the Elmo uh, in just a moment to show this witness. I'm going to offer these into evidence without objection by the state, as I understand. Once they're marked, I have no objection. I would note they're graphic and they need to be shielded from view. What would the exhibit numbers be for the defense? Defense yeah. one and two are admitted without objection. So, first, show you the picture. See if you can identify it, please. That would be a picture of Paul. And the second one, which would be exhibit number two, picture of Maggie. And when you say picture of Paul and picture of Maggie, these are crime scene photos, correct? They appear to be, yes. Is this what you saw that night? Yes. Both of these pictures. Yes. Actually, to pick what you saw that night. Yes. So as you look at this, I want to make sure I understand. One of Paul's feet is still inside. This is the feed room behind him, correct? Yes. This is his head, glass of blood, and this would be a part of his brain lying next to him, correct? I don't know if that's part of his brain or not. Right. So it's fair to say you didn't know whether that was part of his brain. When you first saw him, you didn't know whether his injury was catastrophic and he was dead. Or did you? It was very clear that it was catastrophic. Okay. When um, you came upon the scene, clearly this feed room was part of the crime scene, correct? Yes. Now, um, you're taught to keep the crime scene pristine, correct? As pristine as possible, yes. Don't. There was no reason for you to go in there, was there? Me at the time, no. Was there any reason for the police? Uh, before the slave crime folks showed up, was there any reason for you all to go in there? There's no reason for me to go in there. I cannot speak if there was a reason for another officer to have gone in there. Well, let me ask you this. Did you all have any sort of crime scene expert at, with you that night, some of the process of crime scenes? Uh, investigators do process crime scenes. Okay. you remember going in that meeting? I don't remember if I did specifically or not. But you shouldn't have if you did, correct? It's not to say that I shouldn't have. If there was something that needed to be done in there, then yes. I guess what I'm getting at is, I think one of the, and you would agree with me, one of the cardinal rules, 
of crime scenes, keep it pristine. Don't walk over things. Try to preserve tire tracks, get pictures of them, footprints, all those sorts of things. Was somebody on with the officers with you? Were you in charge of the scene? I was in charge of the deputies that were under my immediate supervision until someone higher than me arrived on scene. And were, were those deputies directed by you or anyone to do something to preserve the tire tracks, pictures, cordon them off, cover them up? I did not give anyone that instruction, no. So you didn't do that. Um, in terms of where Paul was laying, was anybody instructed, you know, put a cordon around him? There's no reason to go into the field. There's no reason to do anything obtrusive until a, a, the sled crime scene processes. They're on the way at this point, right? I believe they were, yes. And so if, let's put the other one. Identify this as a police. That's Maggie Murdo. That was Dick Harpoolian's co-defense counsel, Jim Griffin, seeking to approach the bench for a sidebar, though it was not clear why. After a few moments, Judge Newman invites Harpoolian to resume his cross of Sergeant Green. Harpoolian shows the witness another crime scene photo. Can you identify this for the jury, please? That picture? Yeah. It's Maggie Murdo. After she's been killed. That's correct. And by the way, when you saw her, parents that she was deceased you believe i mean but you have you ever seen a dead body before i have seen multiple yes Man, right yes so you're sort of an expert in this area who's dead who's not who ought to get uh ems there to check them out or not correct you make I, that call off yes okay. but you could understand alex murdoch's concern that they might be alive that maybe maybe i mean you're not saying that he shouldn't be concerned if somebody check out both maggie and paul to make sure they were dead right he was very concerned about that, yes. Okay. Now, as to Maggie Murdoch, we see these numbers. Did y'all do these numbers, or were they done after y'all were there? I don't know when those numbers were done. They were not placed by myself. Or your team. I can't say that for sure, certainly. We, we see that in the video. They're putting down yellow tape. They're not putting these down, correct? That's correct. You also, according to the video we saw, a number of your officers are walking around marking where cartridges are, right? They were. Did they pick any of them up? No, not to my knowledge. Well, later on, we see them talking to you and others on the video where they're saying they were, these rounds came from a blackout. They were blackout rounds. 300 blackout, yes, sir. Right. I mean, did they get down on their hands and knees and look? Or, I mean, did they you would have to ask them. I don't know what they did to know that they were 300 blackout rounds. Who were those officers that were uh, walking around her without a light on, perhaps stepping on evidence forever? Who were those officers? Deputy McDowell and Deputy Pruitt were both in that area. Were they doing that pursuant to your instruction? They were not specifically instructed to do it. They were just took the initiative to do it. Defense attorney Harpoolian then plays this section of the video of various law enforcement officers standing around the body of Paul Murdoch. Okay, so this is your officer putting a sheet on Paul's body? Not putting a sheet on, the sheet was already there. Already there, okay. Who's that standing inside the feed room? Just inside that doorway was yeah. Deputy McDowell. Okay. Were you present? Oh, is that your body cam? So you're watching him do it, right? That's, that's correct. Should he have done that? Stand where he's standing? Standing inside the feed room. It's part of the crime scene. We're all standing inside the crime scene. I understand the same crime scene, but clearly, you believe, based on discussion, and everyone in your unit believe that the fatal shot was made where he basically standing, correct? That in that area. Where we are all standing. Yeah. 
Yes, sir. Is that procedure to walk around on top of an area where shots have been fired? And I think even in this, they're talking about tissue or brain matter laying there. I mean, aren't you supposed to? You don't put anything on your feet. There's not a question in that. Let's sustain. Let's pose questions. Did you in any way have your men or women put protective gear on their feet? I saw you put gloves on. Did they put anything to insulate themselves from contaminating the scene? On their feet, no. In many instances, apartments around the country have people dressed in a gown to keep their DNA, their hair, from contaminating the scene. Did you do that? We do not on road patrol at Gallatin County as standard practice, no. You do not? Not as standard practice, no. Have you ever done that? I have not. Have you ever had something covering your feet when you're walking on a crime scene? I couldn't tell you that for sure. Did you notice bloody footprints inside the feed room? I don't remember seeing any. If there were bloody footprints in the feed room, could they have been created by you or your men? They could have been created by anyone walking in that area, sir. And you're walking in there, or your men are walking in there, correct? Yeah, correct. And you think that standard operating procedure? Well, you do your best not to contaminate anything. And this is your best? What you're looking at right now is standard procedure. To walk in an area where there's blood, where there's brain matter, and I believe there's wadding laying on the floor? I don't recall. But you would agree with me that you have these procedures so that you don't contaminate the crime scene, so that you don't destroy evidence like those tire tracks or those footprints or leave your DNA or in some way alter the scene so that if there is exculpatory or inculpatory evidence that would help you find the perpetrator and prosecute them or evidence that would clear somebody, that was destroyed. Some of that was destroyed that night because you, your department, and maybe even SWAT, didn't preserve that evidence. Isn't that correct? I'm not sure if I fully understand your question. The question is this. If you are exploiting, you're standing, your men are standing in the spot, and there was evidence there, or the tire tracks that weren't preserved, or the footprints that weren't preserved, that evidence could either incriminate somebody or exculpate somebody. Could, correct? Could, yes. That's why you don't do this, right? That's why you don't contaminate the evidence, correct? We put it around the whole area. Did you put it so that folks couldn't drive in and out? They were not to go past where my vehicle was parked. I believe that was the extent of the yellow tape. Yeah, but between your vehicle and the entrance, there was none of those, none of those tire tracks. Entrance of the property. That if somebody driven into the property. You mean from the main road of Moselle? From the main road. All the vehicles were coming in on that driveway. Right. So if somebody had come in and left who committed the murder, whatever tire tracks that were left were obliterated by your men. Is that right? It's possible. Were you there when the coroner arrived? Given my extent of the time there, I would assume so, but I don't remember. You don't remember seeing the coroner? I may have. I, I don't remember specifically. Apparently, according to the body cam, you didn't talk to him. Not on my body camera, but it could have been after the body camera was turned off. I don't know. And why did you turn it off? Why was the body camera turned off? Yeah. Once my job, my specific job of doing any primary investigation after my initial arrival is completed and I'm not going to be doing anything further to investigate, I, it's no longer needed. Harpoodlian tells the court he has nothing further and Prosecutor Creighton Waters rises for redirect.
You were asked a series of questions about contaminating evidence. Are you aware that any evidence was contaminated in this case? I'm not. Did you engage in everything you could to avoid contaminating evidence? Yes. Did you, in fact, instruct your deputies to set up a crime scene and instruct them to avoid areas where evidence might be contaminated? We did everything we possibly could to avoid contaminating evidence. Did your officers all have basic training in trying to avoid contamination of evidence? Yes. Are you also, though, as first responders in a fluid situation doing the best you can to assess what's going on? Correct. It's not your job to do the actual crime scene investigation work, is that correct? Not at all. You were asked about whether or not uh, you had any meetings with prosecutors. Is it common for uh, law enforcement witnesses or any witnesses to meet with prosecutors prior to a trial? Very common. Was it, did anybody ask you to do anything but express your accurate, honest opinions and uh, observations about uh, what you observed at this scene? No. You were asked about this particular shotgun right here, this 12-gauge shotgun. This is the shotgun that Alan Murdoch had when you arrived at the scene. Is that correct? That's correct. And you were asked about the shells right here. Is that correct? That's correct. Did you unload this weapon? I did. Was it unloaded by somebody else after you turned it over to them? Yes. You asked a little bit about the 300 blackout casings or cases that were at the scene. Is that correct? That's correct. And just real quick, explain to the jury what a casing or a case is. So a casing would be what would be left after the projectile has been fired through a weapon. After it's been fired. The shell that comes out of the gun and lands on the ground near the victim. Is that that's correct? Cor that's correct. So it's the remnants of a fired round. Is that right? That's correct. There were multiple ones of those blackout surrounding Maggie. Is that correct? That is correct. You were asked a lot about tire tracks, and you just happened to notice those ever behind the, the defendant's vehicle. Is that correct? That's correct. And we had a still image put into evidence, exhibit number five. This is it right here, which is the still image. Is that right? Yes. All right. And the still image doesn't reflect as good as what the video does. Is that right? You can see the video shows it much better. Were these like tracks in the dirt, or were these just impressions in the grass, in the dewy grass? They appeared to be impressions on the dewy, dry, dewy okay. grass. They weren't like tracks in the dirt that you saw, correct? No. I'm going to go back to the video. I'm playing it at approximately 25 minutes and 11 seconds. Me? Okay. From earlier, but okay. only two of them. Did you go out this way at all? No. Billy trap. Just okay. go over to that corner of the building. I'm almost to you. Let me see whether uh, what we have first, whether or not we can handle that part or not. I see uh, quite a few tire tracks in here. Are any of these you going in and out? Uh, no, I came in here and I left one time and I came back. Okay. The images that we just saw, those were the dewy impressions in the grass that you were just talking about, is that correct? That's correct. And the defendant said two of them were mine and the rest of them may have been from earlier, is that correct? Yes. You were asked a little bit about the boat case. Did you have any detailed knowledge or understanding of the boat case when you arrived at the scene? No. You just knew very generally that there were some boat cases, is that right? Yes, it had been in the news. Did you even realize that this was that Paul Murdoch when you arrived on the scene? Not until he had brought up the boat incident. And who brought up the boat incident? Mr. Murdoch did. And within a few minutes of you arriving, he's the one that brought up the boat incident. Is that he correct? did. And he offered that right out of the gate as a possible explanation for what happened here. Is that right? Yes. Nothing further, y'all. Dick Harpudlian rises for recross examination of Sergeant Green. Did you find it unreasonable for him to say that his son, who'd been involved in this? incident who'd been threatened on numerous occasions, been punched. He told you he'd been punched, right? He did. Okay. That was a possible explanation, not implausible for somebody killing Paul. You didn't bite back on him, did you? No. And it was, in his mind, apparently the only reasonable explanation that occurred, right? I don't know what was in his well, mind. Well, I mean, that's what he told you. That's what he believed. That was the statement that he made, yes. And just one other follow-up question. You were asked 
if there was any evidence of the dewy tire track. This was at 10 o'clock at night. Was there dew on the ground already? It was pretty humid out. There was a lot of It was humid? Yeah. It wasn't like in the morning? This was not morning time. Are you telling me no one could have looked, no expert could have looked and said, you know, that's a Suburban, that's a pickup truck? No one could do that? I'm not going to pretend to know what an expert in that kind of stuff can and can't do. But you're not an expert. Did you believe those tire tracks would last until Sled got there? Yes, it appeared that they probably would. Did you point them out to Sled? I did not. And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we examine the testimony of Colleton County Sheriff's Deputy Corbin McDowell, who worked the crime scene along with Sergeant Green on the night of the Murdoch murders. Also, check out the new crime story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty. 